You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program, already in progress. It's hour two on the program. Dan and the Dan and Dan Patrick Show. We are rerouting Seton's route to the West Coast because he was going to fly to Atlanta, pick up the Mercedes Sprinter van, and I said, I think we're cutting off uh, about 800 miles there, aren't we? Aren't we going from Connecticut to Los Angeles, not Atlanta to Los Angeles? Apparently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I said to Seton, I said, I need the route. I got to let the nation know where you're going to be driving uh, from, through, to, and when you're going to be you know, making those pit stops. So he sent it out on the map, him and the French kid, and I go, wait, we're missing a line from you know, Connecticut to Atlanta. And uh, then I was told, no, Seton is planning on flying to Atlanta to pick up the Sprinter van at the Mercedes-Benz headquarters. And I go, no, we can't do that. Well, I mean, we can. We, 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 we're just not going to. We, yeah, No, you're going to go through Pennsylvania and Ohio, and then you're going to go down to Nashville, and then Memphis, and then Little Rock. Going to throw in Albuquerque, Oklahoma City, Phoenix, Las Vegas. The greatest arena on earth. Los Angeles. That's it. Right? Yeah, and then I'm poolside by the for the week. <laughs> well, no, we got to do the show. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, after nine Pacific, I'm yeah, yeah. posting up. Look, once we get done with the show, when, when we're at the Super Bowl, whatever happens right after the show is over, I don't care. You want to visit the dispensary? You want to go poolside? <laughs> or both? Nine? I usually visit the dispensary and then watch Law & Order for seven straight hours okay. in my hotel room. I'm fine with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does less than us when it, when it comes to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's like, what you guys do? You go to parties? We went, no, we have to be up and out the door at 4.30 in the morning. Got myself a Caesar salad, fell asleep <laughs> watching TV, uh, woke up and went to dinner. That's, that's about it. Yes, Paulie. You know one of the greatest things about uh, being in Los Angeles and going out to dinner at 4.45 p.m. local time? Uh. You can get any seat at any restaurant. I was telling the people who uh, were going to set up some of our dinners out there with clients, and I said... Well, and they said, uh, you know, what what time is good for you is like seven or eight. And I go, no, 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 no. We're probably going to be in bed by eight. How about uh, 435, 515? <laughs> 430. I know. And, then she, and uh, the woman's name is Candace. She goes, oh, oh, we can't do it before five. And I go, we can. We don't have to, but we'll have dinner at how about five, 530? The staff at the restaurants are rolling up the, 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 the stuff, getting the tables ready. Like, hey, can we get a table for 12, please? They're like, you can have the whole restaurant. <laughs> you know, in Los Angeles, you're going to be eating later. Not us. We beat the crowd. We're boring. We're so boring. Except for when we get on the radio and then we make some magic. We say good morning to our radio affiliates, uh, Fox Sports Radio, the great folks at iHeartRadio, our uh, streaming partner, Peacock. The poll question for the first hour, Todd, and are we staying with that for the second hour? I think we're going to stay with that for the time being, since we rolled it out late first hour. The NFL will not address nor change the current OT rules, say they will look into it during the offseason, and then not change the current OT rules. Okay. Or third, change the overtime rules this season. All right. Phone call's coming up. We'll uh, have another stat of the day. The great Jim Nance, who was on the call for the Buffalo-Kansas City game, will join us in about 20 minutes from now. Um, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on what's going on in New Orleans here because Sean Payton, it feels like, don't have any, ins any inside information, it feels like 
Jerry Jones is holding off on giving that seal of approval for Mike McCarthy for another year. Now, I don't know why he would do it unless you're going to do it because you want to wait and see if there's another candidate who would be willing. You might have to trade for Sean Payton because he's got a couple of years left on his contract with the Saints. Uh, you know, he won a Super Bowl. I don't know how he got that team to nine wins this year. He started there in 2006. He's he's made them a model franchise there. It's just I think he looks and goes, we're in salary cap hell and quarterback hell. Other than that, maybe he takes a year off. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. But, but if you start to look at the NFC, let's say Brady doesn't come back. He's noncommittal right now. And the Buccaneers aren't going to be as formidable. Aaron Rodgers could be on his way out. He would go to the AFC. Maybe Russell Wilson would end up in the AFC. So now you might look at it and go, all right, I'm going to have to deal with the Cowboys, going to have to deal with the Rams, maybe the Niners. But, you know, we've just taken away a couple of marquee quarterbacks, and maybe that gives us a better chance here of being a playoff team. I'm not sure. I just I throw it out there because it's Sean Payton, and there's always been rumors about him with the Cowboys, going back to the Cowboys. Jerry Jones loves big-ticket items there, and that would be an upgrade, in my opinion, over Mike McCarthy. And his ability working with Dak Prescott, as you know, we've seen what he's done with quarterbacks. And I think Sean Payton, and maybe he takes a year off. Maybe he takes a year off and is a, uh, an analyst, game analyst. And then maybe you wait and see what happens with the Cowboys. Also, keep an eye on what's going on with Denver, with the candidates that they're interviewing, and what that could mean for Aaron Rodgers. Because Dan Quinn, it feels like, is uh, going to get that job. But I'm, I'm just curious if uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who was with the Packers, if he comes in as the offensive coordinator, would you then make it more enticing for Aaron Rodgers to want to go there? Just a couple of things. A lot of times what happens is if you see a GM who gets hired, his relationship with that coaching candidate, that's usually what it goes back to. You know, you want to work with somebody you know, obviously. And if it's what's going to go on with the Raiders, you know, because maybe Josh McDaniels is going to be the guy in play there. But having that GM and that coach and they have a relationship is very important, you know, to have stability there. But we haven't had any, you know, announcements here, uh, but it feels like we're getting closer and closer and closer. A lot of interviews. It's amazing. The number of people that are getting interviewed now, and a lot of that has to do with you can Zoom. And that kind of changed everything during the pandemic. It felt like more candidates got an opportunity to get in front of teams. All right. Fritzy has a limerick that's been waiting. It's been simmering for uh, over 60 minutes here. And it has to do with the Baseball Hall of Fame. The announcement will be later on today. uh, The uh, newest inductee. So, Todd, the stage is yours for your limerick. Some reputations have taken a beating. Voters decide who they'll be decleating. Will the hall be more loose? Forgive those on the juice and induct them despite all the cheating. Okay. All right. Solid. Solid limerick right there. Solid and improving. Solid, no. Just solid limerick. (laughs) Solid limerick there. Yeah, Seaton. I just still think it's so funny that you're teeing up Todd to do limericks. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) It's just funny. It's just just funny. 
Hey, Todd's got a limerick. All right, let's hear it. That's the same guy that's given out like the Limericks. Lombardi Trophy yeah, and everything. Right. Oh, I know, I know. Like, you just played a clip earlier of you and Tom Brady talking, and you're like, oh, yeah, Todd's got a limerick. Yeah, yeah. It's very exciting. It covers the whole gamut. I'm humble from humble roots. <laughs> I'm not pretentious. I'm just an average guy. That's what we like about you. You're enabling him, though, a little bit. I'm enabling Tom? Yeah, yeah. a little well, bit. Okay, but if I don't... <sighs> He's going to send it to you four times if you don't do it I know now. that. And there's the pout factor if you don't oh give him the opportunity. God. So if you mix those two together, you pretty much have to let me read it. I, there are times when I walk by Todd's desk during the commercial break where I can't look at him. I stuck my foot out once and actually <laughs> tripped him. He tried and to. And pointed at my laptop like I, this. No, no. Get to this there year. was one time recently when I walked by and I didn't get to him on something and I was supposed to. And I knew he was pouting. And I just kept walking. And and I could just get I could feel the side eye. I don't hide it very well. The pouting thing. You'll, <laughs> no, you you'll, do not. You're very aware yeah, of when I'm yes, not in the I, right frame yes, of mind. I do. Yes, Paul. I've asked Todd about uh, four thousand times to send me any t- piece of no, content before it goes no, on air, no. just so I could also be involved in the planning of it. No, but he goes right to you. Yes, yes. I, I, you know, it's weird. He feels like that. There's a better chance you'll veto it than I will. You'd be correct. Yes. Make sure you go to the DP Show store. We got some new T-shirts uh, available for you Chiefs fans and Bengals fans. DanPatrick.com. Some great items there. Spent uh, an inordinate amount of time talking about the Baseball Hall of Fame and who could get in and what's it going to mean and steroids and Bonds and Clemens and blah, 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 blah. But I know it's important to a lot of people. I just spent so many time, so much time and so many hours doing this on this show. And we're not any further along in, you know, hey, you cheated. Did you cheat? How long did you cheat? Uh, you should still be in. He wasn't a cheater, you know, before. And It's a museum. And it still feels like you can cheat, make your money. All right, you don't get into the Hall of Fame. Like, do you think A-Rod goes, wow, you know, let me give back all of this money I made with these artificially enhanced uh, stats that I had or bonds? I mean, Bonds made more money in those few years in San Francisco than he did in his entire career in Pittsburgh. I just, cheaters prosper. They do. You get chances, second chances, third chance. But it's it's you, the fans, it's your museum. You want to go see Clemens plaque or Bonds plaque? No, 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 go ahead. I mean, I've I've thrown myself in front of the door. Like, I don't want you in, and then after a while you go... I don't know if it matters. And I think younger voters are going to vote these steroid guys in. I do. I don't think Bonds and Clemens get in today. I think Kurt Schilling does. Maybe Scott Rowland. But you know, I'm not a voter. Um, you know, I just try to understand their, their thinking, their process. Yeah, Paul. You know, you could be in the Baseball Hall of Fame without being honored as a Baseball Hall of Famer. Roger Maris is not a Baseball Hall of Famer. Some think he should be. But his accomplishment is enshrined in the Hall of Fame. There's a display at the Baseball Hall of Fame. Roger Maris, 61 for the Yankees, 1961. You could read all about it. You could see his jersey. You could see everything. But they said, for whatever reason, and it's stats, obviously. Yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. And and so for other reasons, you know, Barry Bonds could not be in the Hall of Fame because of his stats are in question. But they could do a display on him. And the good, bad, and the ugly, like you've said many times before, you could do a display on him. Yeah. And say, here's what he was all about. One of the greatest players of all time. You know, Ty Cobb's got a lot of issues. I, I wonder if they address those there. Jay in Texas. Hi, Jay. What's on your mind today? Hey, DP and the boys, 6'5", and a Dan Orlowski, 215. 
Okay. Uh, I was an amateur baseball prospect slotted for rounds 15 to 25 in 2001. And even then at the high school level, uh, steroids were starting to come into the game. But from our perspective, they were in response to rumors that pitchers were on amphetamines long before steroids kind of came to the hitters. And I have an album uh, for Seton, if he's interested. Oh, okay. An album for Seton's road trip. Yeah. Tyler Childers. From stops, between stops two and three, Tyler Childers. Um, have a listen. Here's a couple, so I'd say live. I, 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 I can't hear Joe. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. Tyler Childers? Tyler Childers, yeah. Okay. Country uh, guy. I think he had his mask on. It's possible. Yeah, may, may have had his mask on. Tyler Childers is an American uh, singer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Harry, in New- Harry in New York. Hi, Harry. Hi, Dan. Hi, Harry. My question to you is, was Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens a Hall of Famer before they cheated? Uh, Clemens was not. Clemens was not a Hall of Famer before. He went to Toronto, and all of a sudden he found the fountain of youth. Bonds, you could make the case, but but like that's like winning an award. Like you, you were father of the year, and then you ran off with your secretary. So how are we supposed to view you? He was the father of the year, and then he ran off with his secretary. Well, that's Bonds. He was the best player in the game. And then he ran off with his trainer to San Francisco. Yes, Paul. The old Mets owner, Bernie Madoff, was a fantastic businessman before he started his Ponzi scheme. I think he had $6 billion in, in the tank. Yeah. And then he decided to double down and steal from people. Now, I don't think he's in the Business Hall of Fame because mm. his entire career would be honored. Okay. But, or, otherwise, we give Bernie Madoff a, a bunch of awards. We love to say that about Bond, you know, his Hall of Famer before he cheated. Does a Hall of Famer cheat? I mean, it's crazy to have that kind of logic. Or have fun with it and put him in as a pirate and he has no say in the matter. He has to wear his pirate uniform to go into the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Love to see that. If you can get into your pirate uniform. And he was a wonderful player in Pittsburgh. He was. And Clemens had some magical years in Boston. But, you know, there there was so much money to be made. Bonds looked around and said, wait, McGuire and Sosa are sportsmen of the year. They're getting all this credit for saving the game. I'm the best player in baseball. Clemens, the Red Sox released him. They let him go to Toronto. All of a sudden, wait, what happened here? I get... I hate this topic. I do. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me get to Andrew in Washington. We'll take a break. Jim, uh, Jim Nance. Hello, friends. Will join us coming up. Hey, Andrew. Good, mor- good morning, Dan and the guys. Five seven one sixty five. All right. I've got um, I've got three poll questions, ideas, and and a stat of the day if we have time. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So here's a poll. Would you rather attend an indoor game at SoFi Stadium? or an outdoor game at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, Second poll question, who has more trade value, Ryan Tannehill or Jimmy G? Okay. And third poll question, if the 49ers trade Jimmy G, will they, A, get back less than they gave in a second-round pick, get back a second-round pick, 
or is he worth more than a second-round pick <laughs> at this point? All right. All right. And you and got- I got to say of the day if you got to if you got time. All right. In the last 10 seasons for the Cleveland Cavaliers, there have been two players that have five straight games with 10 assists. One is LeBron James. The other player, former Vandy Commodore, recorded his fifth straight 10 assist game Monday night for the Cavs, who are 10 games over 500. And the problem is, he didn't give us the answer. Uh, Garland is the. Uh... Darius Garland. Cavs won again last night. I mean, I, I know that you don't, it's not tune in factor, but, you know, they're 10 games over 500. I'm just saying. It's a nice little story. Uh, I, I'll uh, give you answers to the other questions that, uh, that he had there. We'll take a break. Jim Nance will join us coming up next year on the Dan Patrick Show. And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have credit card questions, it's nice to have them answered by a real live person. You know, somebody with a heartbeat, somebody with a knack for helping others, somebody who understands your issues and works to resolve them. In other words, you don't need a robot. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7, and it's called live customer service. Emphasis on live. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans built, equipped, engineered to be ready for anything, go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership. What were the uh, questions by Andrew in Washington? It's Jimmy G or Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, the first one was SoFi indoors or see a game at Arrowhead outdoors. Well, SoFi's not indoors. I guess if it was indoors. Or where would you rather see a game to simplify it, SoFi or Arrowhead? I'd rather go to a Kansas City Chiefs game than SoFi. Like the curiosity of the stadium? Okay, and it's new. Let's see. What else was the other one? Who's got more trade value, uh, Jimmy G or Tannehill? I'm going to say Tannehill. And what do you get for Jimmy Garoppolo on the trade market? How about a second rounder since that's what you gave the Patriots? Yes, Eaton, what? Insulting. What? That is insulting to Jimmy G. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's bring in Jim Nance, the Hall of Famer. He was on the call with uh, the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. How exhausted are you after a, normally after a game, and how did you feel after that game? I'm still tired. Yeah. I'm mentally still inside of Arrowhead. I heard your poll question. There's nothing like a game that's just pulsating, standing throughout, building, shaking like Arrowhead. So far, is the coolest stadium, but Arrowhead, when it's a night like that, pretty hard to beat. But I am still... Um, having a hard time letting go of that incredible feeling and a a loop in my mind just kind of replaying the game over and over again. So, yeah, I'm still tired. You can hear it. I had had an obligation yesterday in New York, which um, it was an all-day shoot, so I still didn't quite have my Monday recovery day, and today is just that. So here we are. 
Aside from, well, what play stands out the most? What moment stands out the most from the Bills and Chiefs that five years from now I'll bring up to you? I think the fourth and 13, which don't forget before the play, there was a fan who ran out of the field and kind of maybe, I don't know, maybe changed a little karma in the building or whatever, and Diggs decked him. And it, was, it was one of the great tackles I've ever seen, by the way. <laughs> um, so I think the fourth and 13, then the 64-yard throw to Hill. But ultimately, to me, the game came down to that kickoff with 13 seconds to go in regulation. That's the one that I think changed everything. And I got into a little back and forth with Tony. I posed the question. You put it on the ground here, just trying to reduce it to a one-play scenario to get yourself into field goal range if you're the Chiefs. And they decided to kick it to the back of the end zone, which gave them two snaps. It was a great moment. Uh, you guys had a great moment at the end of the Cowboys game. I, I mean, that's that's what you want in in the moment when you say to Tony, "What would you do?" We want to know what you would do. We we don't want you hedging. And I, I I just thought that it was that was great TV. It was great great moment. Well, you know, we walked out of the booth that night, and you always think you're better when the game is better, and that again is going to be viewed by some as the greatest game of all time. And it goes to that length in some of the feedback we've heard about the game. But we really felt after five years and 105 games, we walked out and said, that was our best broadcast we've ever had. And we were just so excited about it. And Tony in those moments and his enthusiasm and his ability to break down the strategy. I mean, I just love the guy. And he's, he's just an awesome guy to share it with. Can you always hear him over the crowd? You ever had a problem trying to hear him? No, no, not at all, because we have what you have on right now. We have the headsets on, so uh, it, 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 it pumps it pretty much right into your eardrum. Uh, and I have him, of course, souped up a little bit and, and can hear him very clearly. But, yeah, it, it is so loud in there, though. If I took the headset off yeah. and I tried to have a conversation with him, we couldn't hear one another. Where do you stand on overtime in the postseason? I think we're going to differ on this, but I think when you get to the postseason, it needs to be tweaked. And I know after the game, probably the Chiefs Nation was upset with us for broaching the fact that the Bills, in my words, never had a chance, meaning they never had a chance to go and match it. To me, I think they finally got the regular season down correctly. And I advocated for a long time that they needed to get to something like that. But when you've gone through a whole season, you go back to July and you go back to camp and all the different plays and scenarios you you go through to try to get to a Super Bowl. And it comes down to the team that's going to win the coin flips, going to have odds that are definitely better than the team that's going to kick the football. As Peter King said so well in his football morning in America, uh, Peter said, okay, fan base, if you really think that it just you're going to just throw out the old tire, go make a play on defense, then why don't you guys kick the football then? Why don't you guys go ahead and defer? Would you be happy with your coach if they deferred? So I want to say this, and I kind of – we were rushing to get off the air, but I, I think we got our point across. We were there for New England and Kansas City three years ago. And I, I at that time, advocated that it was wrong what happened to the Chiefs in that situation. And interestingly, we were all reminded yesterday that Kansas City, after that game, went to the March meetings yeah. and tried to change the rule. Yeah. And it did not have enough momentum to even go to a vote. 
So I just think with the whole season on the line, give each team – it's a small tweak, actually. Everybody's like, well, how are we going to do this? We don't like the college playoff or the college overtime. I think it's just every team's guaranteed a possession. One possession. So if that was this year, you kick the football to the Bills. They know what they have to do. They've got to go down the field and match it. By the way, if they want to go for two because they don't think their defense can hold up, then go for two and maybe win the game on a, what's like a college play, if you will, from the three. Or you lose the game from there. Or you kick it and say, maybe my defense gotten enough rest out because we took 15 plays to get down the field and maybe they're not gassed and they can play. But I think you get to overtime postseason, one possession guaranteed each. Yeah, I'm fine with it. But, you know, we grew up, it was called sudden death overtime. It, it, it's like it used to be called instant replay. Now it's called replay. Now it's not sudden death overtime. Everybody gets a possession, whatever you do on that. And then after that, it's sudden death overtime. You okay with that? I am. You know, things have changed. There have been rule changes in the game. So the game that we grew up watching, uh, it's not the same. I mean, it's been, it's been tweaked again to try to make the game more exciting. Offense getting a little bit better of an edge and all this. These games are more high scoring than they were when we grew up as kids. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. Again, it comes down to a whole season. And I'm not taking anything away from Kansas City. Again, I pitched for them three years ago. It was awesome what they did. But I, I just – you think Josh Allen never really got a chance to go down the field and do the same thing? Because he probably would have taken them down the field and scored. I mean, it was – how about the last two minutes of regulation? 25 points, then another touchdown in the OT? I mean, it was – it's I'm, – I'm still, like I said, still playing it on a loop in my head. And, I, you know, the NFL is in the entertainment business, and what would have been more entertaining than Josh Allen getting another opportunity – and, you know, you still have commercial inventory. I mean, come on. This is a business here that we're running. And I think you got to factor that in as well. That's why I'm like, you have this audience. Now, all of a sudden, we let Josh Allen come out and come back down and maybe more commercial breaks. Let's go. Get a couple more commercials in well, there. Well, listen, no, the reality is you have a set number of commercials. You know this going in. And once you've gone through your commercials, it's not like your salespeople are out selling. <laughs> You're in the middle of the game. Oh, let me pick up the phone. Let me call XYZ. <laughs> see if they want to buy a spot in extended play. So, no, you get your inventory and it, it stays at that thing but you said the nfl was in the money making business i've got the last bastion of profit for them to me it's not those commercials that you can't sell because you've already you've already maxed out your inventory somebody i can't believe no one's come up with this before someone needs to sponsor the blue tent it's unclaimed it's unclaimed territory i can't believe it's gone this long you know it's sitting there how many times in a game do you see pull up the blue tent there should be some sort of sponsored element across that. I got it. I got it, Jim. Yeah. Viagra. The oh blue boy. pill. The, the blue. I got it. I, I was thinking, I knew you were going blue. <laughs> I think it's got to be. <laughs> 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 You're not talking anything about how it suddenly just expands. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I just want to make sure. <laughs> <What? Okay>. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> friends. Hello, Hello friends. <laughs> friends. Let's go down to the Viagra blue tent. Okay. No, the, the thing is, it's got to be, I think, in the healthcare industry. Yeah. I Blue mean, Cross put, Blue Shield. Blue Cross Blue Shield. That's what it is. I mean, listen, they're a Detroit based company. It'd be perfect for them. 
the Blue Cross Blue Shield Blue Tent. <laughs> okay, but it's just sitting there, unclaimed. I know. Come on, we need more money. Jim is calling the uh, – what do you have? You have uh, Tony uh, with the Bengals and the Chiefs, right? At uh, 3 Eastern on yeah. CBS? Okay. Yeah, the old AFC championship game back at Arrowhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that – where's the Bills-Chiefs game rank, though, of all of the games, whether you watched or you called? I think because of the last two minutes. I'm, I'm going to keep it to this sport. I haven't seen a better game. I had that New England-Kansas City game I mentioned before on that short list. I had Indianapolis and New England in the 06 championship game when Peyton brought them back from 18 down and won 38-34. I would say those three games were the best NFL games I've ever seen. Here we are at the end of January. We're a couple of months away from Augusta. And I know people have brought up Tiger, could he play at Augusta? And what people don't understand is how hilly Augusta is. Like, it's not a, a flat. It's one of the hillier courses that you'll probably play on tour. I don't know if Tiger could be able to do four days of that, but do you have any indication if Tiger is going to be able to try to play at Augusta? The only thing I hear is from the people that are closest to him that have a voice in the game. A few folks that are on the desk, for example, at Golf Channel, and they all have completely killed the idea that he's going to be ready for Augusta. I mean, I would love to see it. It's gone. It's kind of been quiet here for a while since uh, since the father son, which was an amazing thing to see. Not just because we saw him swinging a golf club again, but because again you saw his son hitting shots that were just remarkable with a way about him that's just like his dad, his mannerisms. So, uh, look, it's getting close. Um, you're right, though. I want to uh, emphasize your point. To think that he could walk that four straight days, mm. you know, it, 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 he might be able to play it, but what's he going to feel like on Friday? And if he makes the cut, you know, now you got two more days on Sunday. Can, can he really? Yeah, the elevation there is, is something, if you haven't been there, you, you almost can't emphasize enough. Everybody that sees it the first time says, man, I had no idea. Like walking up 18 is a, it's a great climb. I don't want to make it sound like these golfers aren't athletes, but when you're coming off of what he's coming off of and the walk up and down and hit side hill shots and things like that, it's a lot to ask. How's your golf game, by the way? I, I, you know, I haven't played in a long time, but I'm getting ready to talk about it. I'm getting ready, not my game. I'm ready to talk about golf. This weekend, I'm going to have the unique double dip, maybe triple dip. Because of the elongated season of the NFL going 18 weeks, the NFL now stepped right into the weekend that used to belong exclusively with no football coverage to the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines in beautiful San Diego. It happens to mark our season premiere of golf is this weekend. So the tour, Jay Monahan, along with Sean McManus, came up with a great plan. It's going to be a Saturday night finish back east in prime time. And CBS, instead of being a Saturday, Sunday daytime, will be Friday and Saturday early evening slash prime time hmm. on the network. So I'm going to call the golf from Arrowhead Stadium on Friday night and Saturday night, and then the championship game on Sunday. A tradition, a new tradition, (laughs) unlike any other. (laughs) You got young kids. Brady's going through this now. His kids are a little bit older. How, you know, how long do you continue? Like, what, what would be, what kind of pulls you home? You know, I love every minute of it, and I just came to an agreement 
a little, well, not quite a year ago to keep doing this for a long, long time. I love it. And you're right. It's, it's hard walking out the door and you know, missing kids games and things like that. We made a little tweak. You know how much I love my home in Pebble Beach, which I'm never selling. And you've been a guest at my home on several occasions, but we bought, we bought another home to be more centrally located and get me a little bit back to my Southern roots. I'm from Charlotte originally. So we moved to Nashville for the majority of the year, starting in August with the great bulk of my obligations in the Eastern time zone. This is the perfectly centrally located place that I could find. I'm an hour and 10 minute flight to Kansas city. Awesome. You know, and I think 25 of the NFL teams are a two hour flight or less. When you're flying out of Monterey every week, it's grueling. It, it was, you know, somebody did a little study on my, my schedule last year. And I think I'm going to be close to 300 fewer air miles a year. And I did it because it's time. You're the greatest currency of all is time. And that time, what you want is it with your family. So I'm leaving later. I'm getting home earlier. And it's um, it's definitely been great to help extend the career. So 300,000 miles? No, no, I'm not talking miles and free tickets. I'm talking hours. Oh, oh, 300. Hours. Oh. 300 fewer hours oh. in the air. Ouch. And on top of it, when I would fly most of the time out of SFO, San Francisco, it's 110 miles from my house out in California. So now I'm not even factoring in the four hours a week that I had drive time just to, to get to the airport and back. Uh, so it, it was tough. Uh, you know, like we, we had Tampa three times at home this year. Getting to Tampa from Monterey was never easy. Yeah. From here, it's an hour flight, maybe an hour and five minute flight. It's easy. Yeah, and it's, it's been a great benefit for me and my family time. But again, I'm never, we're going to strategically slot Pebble in there when like the West Coast golf swing is coming up, I will base out of there. And in the summer in June and July, I'll be back at our home in California. Can you see Brady retiring right now? Yeah, it just seems like it's gained so much steam, doesn't yeah. it? Since about a week ago at this time, yeah. it just, uh, it was, it was something that really all season long, it was a little bit of behind the scenes undercurrent, but now it's just, um, I think by Sunday, it had so much talk. I'm not sure it's not Tom's fault, but I'm not sure it didn't create a little flat environment and attitude for the overall team of the Bucks. It was it was swirling in the wind so much. It became so much of the focus of the story. I'm not sure it contributed to them getting behind so big early. But uh, I would like to see he says he's not going to do it. And it's not, not his style, he says, but. I would like to know when he's playing for the last time. Like, I'm not ready for a March 7th retirement announcement. Like, I, I want to look down on the field and, and watch, watch him play and, and know that this is the last season, potentially the last game. Uh, I'm hoping for one more. Tony! I've just been practicing. Let's go, Jim. Here we go. <laughs> Tony! <laughs> How about my boy, Frank? I know Caliendo had to have been sitting oh. back and had enough of those scenarios. Uh, in fact, I know he posted some because Tracy showed it to me, but um, Tracy Wolfson. But I, I love Frank Caliendo, and I've gotten to know him a little bit better uh, in this last year. I Tony! Go <laughs> Does that sound about right? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not very good at that. Seton, Seton does Al Michaels. 
Have you heard his Al Michaels impersonation? Uh, it's been a while. But okay, yes. here you go. Let's, here, let's here, hear it again. Here you go. And there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That, that. And there he goes. Yeah. I like it. And and yeah. uh, Seton does Tony, Tony Romo. Jim, there's only 10 men on the field, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Uh, hey, congrats on the move there. I hope the family's great. And uh, good to talk to you, buddy. Always good to talk to you, Hall of Famer. You're a great friend. Thanks, Thanks buddy. That's Jim Nance. CBS will have the Bengals and the Chiefs kick off at 3 Eastern on CBS on Sunday. Jim doing double duty with also the PGA Tour. We'll uh, come back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Carmen and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. One time, Orlando blocked, and the man who blocked it, Mikla, is able to clear. Here comes Gaudreau again. Gets around a check. Gaudreau scores! What a night for Johnny Gaudreau, and what a shot that makes it 7-1 Calgary. Courtesy of Sportsnet TV, Weather Vans. Oh, this is the Discover NHL uh, play of the... Uh, Play of the night. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you earned. At the end of your first year, Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. Uh, Janessa in New Mexico joins us on the program. Janessa? Hi, DP. Hi, Danette. 55128. Okay. I have a restaurant recommendation for my favorite Danette, Seton O'Connor, when he's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. If you want, hands down, the greatest ribs on planet Earth, you need to visit El Pinto. Farm to table, the best ribs. Are you going to be there? I will not. I actually live in Salt Lake. City, Utah now. <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, Seton, are you writing this down? El Pinto. El Pinto. El Pinto. It will blow your mind. I dream about them daily. I grew up in Albuquerque. <laughs> I converted everyone in Utah to the best ribs. Yes, El Pinto. Yes, Paul. Dan, I can help here. I speak Spanish. Uh, El Pinto is the Pinto. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a car. <laughs> Just to help Seton so he's not too confused. Yeah. And Albuquerque is a hotbed for barbecue, I'm I'm hearing. Uh, It's sneaky. It's more of a southwest tone and rub. But, uh, yes, this place has very good reviews. All right. Well, thank you, Janessa. We're taking all suggestions here. Food, drink, uh, soundtracks. That's, I think, the first rib recommendation we've gotten, which is very exciting. Yeah. Uh, Tony in Mississippi. Hey, Tony. Hi, guys. Uh, Hi, yeah. 
He won't induce 180-511. Well, we got another rib recommendation. Um, we're going to Memphis. Everything's centered around the Peabody Hotel. Ooh. So drinks in the best lobby in the South, probably, is drinks in the Peabody Hotel lobby. I agree with that. Early Thank you, Tony. You get Yep. Uh, didn't. Isn't the Peabody where I saw Robert Plant? We were there for the AutoZone bowl game dinner with Arch Manning, Archie yeah. Manning, and we were in the lobby of the Peabody, and Robert Plant walked in. Yeah, lead, lead singer Led Zeppelin. And was you there. locked up. Well, no, they were seated at a table, him and his band members, <laughs> and I did the walk around. I thought, somebody's going to recognize me, right? Nobody in, did. In all seriousness, that's the first time and last time I've seen you <laughs> nervous. Because I've seen you give out Super Bowl trophies, yeah. and you're focused, and you know the job, and you've done it. But you're like, that's Robert Plant. And he's wearing a white T-shirt and jeans. He looked very simple. He looked approachable, but he didn't look approachable. You actually said to me something like, how do I get someone's attention? Maybe like one of his guys is a big sports fan. I know. Fan. That was what I was hoping. Damn. I know. And uh, it just didn't happen. That's okay. Well, you don't want to meet your idols. He's not an idol. But yes, he. What if you walked over in front of him and tripped and fell? I'd be all right. And then, but did it on purpose just to see if he would oh, help you oh, up? Oh, yes, Todd. That would be a face plant if you did that. That's not bad. All right. Robert Plant. Thanks, Todd. If if you hit your head on something, you could be dead Zeppelin. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm staying with it. Now we got something going. And then if I died, I'd be taking the stairway to heaven. Look at you. <laughs> okay. All right, Todd. Thank you. <laughs> I love that Todd thinks that's, that's all fun. Yeah. I love it. I love every one of them. Well, Todd thought they were the Led Zeppelins. The Led Zeppelins. And I said, Led no, Zeppelin. Led, yeah, the Led Zeppelins. I thought it was named after like Zeppelins or something, you know, something kind of Italian pastry or something, but it's not that. More phone calls coming up. We'll change the poll question. Uh, Ryan Clark of the Mothership will join us. He had some really interesting things to say about that Chiefs-Bills game. And uh, I think we have a segment impossible coming up as well, Paulie. Yes. Yes, I'm going to tell you exactly when and how Tom Brady will, will or will not retire. Oh. In detail. You know. I know nothing, but I have a theory. A theory of how Tom, when Tom Brady will tell us what he's doing. And exactly how. Oh, that's called Segment Impossible. Right. Didn't we have another name for a segment earlier today? Mm. You remember what that was called? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we forgot. It's called like Why or Why Not or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> why or Why Not? <laughs> not a lot of thought went into that. Uh, final hour this Tuesday coming up. 